0: everybody? Happy Friday, and welcome to Week 18. Week 18? Week 18 of the NFL season. I can't believe it. I'm here with my partner in crime, Mike McClure. We're always here with you on Fridays. This will continue through the playoffs, of course, so stay locked into fantasy football today, DFS. Mike, how you doing? This is such an interesting week. You know, everybody's saying it, how different Week 18 is. Uh, I think it's kind of exciting, though, because at first I was a little... I, I don't know how how else to say this, I was a little kind of confused as to where I'd go, but we see a lot of good collection areas and I think we see a lot of good places to pivot off of the collection area. So this seems like more of a narrow slate, even though it's 13 games, it feels like more of a narrow slate than first appears, right?
1: Yeah, definitely a more narrow slate. You know, I, I was talking to a friend about this actually last night. It kind of feels like a Thanksgiving slate to me where you just like there's three or four games and like that's kind of how I'm treating it. Maybe it's because the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> are playing. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. I think it's a Thanksgiving slate, but it, it's, it's a narrow slate. Don't let it fool you. It's not a 13-game slate. Uh, it's as small as a three-game slate as much as like a seven or eight-game slate. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of like one of those holiday slates. I like it.
0: Yeah, Washington plays uh Dallas, and that's yeah. usually a Thanksgiving game. So it does feel a little like Thanksgiving. Um, and by the way, happy holidays again to everybody and happy new year to everybody. Hopefully the new year is starting off well for you. Okay, so with that said, with what Mike said, I mean, there's just there's just gonna be games we're gonna fly through. And if uh, you know, I, I don't think I think at this point people understand there's certain games we don't need to spend a lot of time on. But if you're in the chat and you have questions about a game that we flew through and you like a certain player or a certain matchup, Go ahead and put it in the chat. Greg Goose Hayes, I see you in there. He says, hit that like button early and often. Appreciate that. But again, Greg Goose Hayes or anybody else, if you have a question, let us know. Because I'll tell you, one game we are going to fly through is the first one. Uh, Jaguars minus three and a half at the Titans. Mike, you know, I, I think there are plays in this game. Um, you know, I, I don't know right now. One other thing. We're going to have, we, we know a lot of the news already, but there is going to be news that breaks over the next couple of days. So it's going to be up to you to kind of know, hey, is Trevor Lawrence playing in this game? Because we weren't really sure on Friday morning, you know, is it going to be CJ Beathard? And that goes for a lot of these games, Where we're not 100% sure because some teams haven't declared exactly what's going on with people playing and sitting. Let's just assume it's Trevor Lawrence. Um, either way, I think I don't think it changes our analysis if it's Beathard. They're in Tennessee. I think Travis Etienne is an interesting play at 7,300. I'm not going to have any shares of Etienne. And on the other side, I'm not interested in experimenting with Derrick Henry or D Hop. Uh, this is a game, Mike, and uh, we don't know if Christian Kirk is back, but it looks like he might be back. Uh, this is a game I'm avoiding regardless of what the news is. What say you? Yeah, so I'm not going to
1: intentionally avoid um, a couple pieces. If the computer wants to put them in, and I say the computer, it's you could definitely put them in on your own as well. Uh, it's the pass catchers on the Jag side being Evan Ingram and Parker Washington. Washington is that super cheap punt. Now the issue with that is, is depending on where you're going, at quarterback this week, you don't really need the super cheap punt, so it may not be necessary. Uh, but I think he's viable at 3400 And then Evan Ingram, I think, is someone you can still play. The price point, $5,400, not something we'd normally want to do. But once again, you don't need a ton of additional value this week. So it's not a bad thing to necessarily play a $5,400 Evan Ingram here. The thing that you have to at least be a little encouraged with is the fact that with the quarterback change, he still saw his six targets, not the 12-13. But still saw six, caught all six of them. Uh, I don't think he's the worst play. Um, but other than that, I'm not going to speculate on anything. I will say Deandre Hopkins on the other side, looks like he's going to catch a little bit of ownership. Uh, and some of that is due to, when you get to week 18, it's very common to see people talk about contract incentives. D hop has got a lot of contract incentives. He did hit the thousand yard season. He's been kind of vocal about some of that stuff. It is possible. They try to pay that off for him. Um, I'm not going to go there because of the ownership at at the same time. If we had contract incentives and single digits, sign me up. But that's not going to exist in week 18. Uh, So for me, I'm not intentionally avoiding the game, but I'm certainly not dying to get one of these guys in a lineup.
0: Yeah. And Jeffrey, to your question about DeAndre Hopkins and the incentives, I think in large part, I'm not chasing the incentive stuff because usually there's bigger issues at play. Uh, that, that bigger than the incentives themselves. I think in DeHop's case, it is potentially worth chasing, but to Mike McClure's point, not if, you know, ownership is what it is. I mean, I, I think Ryan Tannehill, at quarterback, is just fine for DeHop, by the way, but uh, I'm not really, again, I'm not on that. But let me ask you this, because Jeffrey Lightsey brings up another point in the chat. Christian Kirk, obviously his 21-day window, it opened up off of IR. He's missed the last four games. We don't know if he's going to play. He got some limited practices in, which doesn't really mean a ton to me. But if he's active, that probably means he's playing. He's 3K. Like he's a flat 3,000. Because obviously, when they came out with this pricing, you know, they were just thinking he was going to be on IR. The window wasn't going to open up. He was going to have no chance. So, what are your thoughts to that if he's active?
1: Uh, if he's active, you could take what I said about Parker Washington and simply apply it to Christian Kirk, knowing that he's a better player and has been in the system longer. So, he, he would certainly become viable, very popular uh, at that point. So, uh, we just need more information, though. Frankly, at this point, yeah, we need more information
0: because we're going to talk about value, particularly at the running back position. But obviously, if Kirk is active and it looks like he's going to be a full go, regardless of of the quarterback, it's one of those situations where he'll he will allow you, along with some of the cheap running backs, to kind of do whatever you want. Like you want to put Justin Jefferson and Ceedee Lamb and and Dak Prescott and let's say Rashad White in the lineup. Well, guess what? You can do that if you're paying three K for. Christian Kirk, and you're paying for some of those 4K ish to 4,600K uh, running backs. So, uh, something certainly to keep in mind in terms of what it can do for your lineup. Again, we have to wait for more information on that. Okay, let's go to a game that I do have some interest in. Uh, whether I'm playing, because I mentioned this on the Tuesday show, I might play a little bit of the one o'clock slate only, but even in the full slate, Buccaneers minus four and a half at the Panthers. It's a 37 and a half point total. Baker Mayfield is at least moderately interesting to me, to Mike Evans. I do worry about his rib injury and his ability to kind of stay in the pocket um, through pressure, which he likes to do, uh, which lends me to thinking maybe Rashad White is just the smash play at 7600 here. Uh, What say you? Is there anybody you like in this game? Um, And whether it's on the Panther side or the Buccaneer side, and what do you feel about Rashad White?
1: Yeah, I think white is fine. Uh, it's a classic example of a a player that normally I would not be interested in at 7,600, but we don't really need the salary savings. You definitely could use a, you know, he's got basically a 10 to 12 point floor, 25 to 30 point ceiling. So I I like it. They've got a lot to play for. Um, I don't, I'm not getting a ton of them when I'm building right now because of a a certain style of build that I'm going after still. Um, but I, I don't mind it at all. I think he's very, very viable. I'm not going to play a quarterback there, but I could definitely get behind the Bucks' defense at 3900 as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, because and that'll be relatively contrarian because I don't think people are going to be paying up for defense. So that's yeah. certainly something to consider. I'm going to be in on Rashad White on that one because I, I'm finding value, especially at the running back position. I'm probably going really low with uh, at least two running backs, which allows me to pay up for at least one running back, but. Mike, would you agree with me? This is one of your sort of vintage slates where you're paying up at receiver uh, and you're paying down at running back?
1: Uh, Yes, definitely. See, I cannot envision a scenario where the first two guys in my lineup are not CeeDee Lamb and Justin
0: Jefferson. Fair enough. Well, that's a really nice transition because, again, 13 game slate. We're going to move fast. Vikings plus three at the Lions, 45 and a half point total. Don't have to worry about weather in this one. Certainly a great game environment. We do have to worry about weather to some degree. So, again, this is one of those things. Weather changes just like the status of some of these players. You're going to have to monitor some of this wind and rain and potentially snow. But we don't have to monitor that here. You mentioned Justin Jefferson. Now, this is really interesting because going into the week, I just assumed it would be Nick Mullins at quarterback or maybe Joshua Dobbs. Is it, correct me if I'm wrong, is it trending to be Jaron Hall? And would you dare play a Jaron Hall, Justin Jefferson stack?
1: It is trending to be Jaron Hall and I will play a uh, a Justin Jefferson stack. Uh, I think you have to always consider the fact that Nick Mullins could very well take over again in this game. Uh, I think that suppresses some ownership for sure. I think that what we've seen from Jaron Hall so far has not been super pretty. Um, However, I actually like the matchup. I I think that it's a a decent spot for him. I don't expect Detroit, despite what Dan Campbell says, to uh, play everybody the full game. I think they play the first quarter. I think they get two series in uh, Mm. to continue to keep. So Dan Campbell's a very disciplined guy, right? If I were running the team, I would do the same thing. I, when you don't have a lot to play for and you're at home like this, I would make everyone prepare as if they are going to play the football game. And you go out there and you keep that routine and you keep that discipline and that focus. You go play two series, you go sit down. That's likely what I think happens here on the Lions side. So I think there's going to be opportunity uh, for the Vikings overall here. It's kind of evident by the the spread here, plus three on the road against Detroit. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think happens personally. Um, And I think that opens up a lot for Minnesota offensively in this game. So I'm playing Jaron Hall. I'm playing Justin Jefferson. And I'm playing the tight end, Johnny Munt, 3K. Uh, I like his involvement as of late. Ten targets in the last two games. Uh, Obviously found the end zone against Green Bay that has really helped. Uh, But he's someone that they actually have thrown to at times throughout his career. Uh, And I certainly think that will be the case when, when you've got all the attention on Justin Jefferson.
0: Let me ask you this. If, if for some reason we find out it's not Jaron Hall and it's Nick Mullins, are you are you still peddling out the Nick Mullins to Justin Jefferson stack? I am, yes.
1: Uh, okay. And frankly, I'd be a little more excited about it if it was Mullins. I think he can sling it just a little bit more. With Hall, we're still looking for some of that rushing upside uh, that we know he has. He just hasn't, frankly, had enough time in the pocket. and been comfortable to like really take off. Um, but I, I'm going to continue to speculate on Hall one more time here.
0: And to be clear, you're not running it back with any Detroit lines.
1: I am not. Yeah, I do not recommend uh, playing any Detroit offensive players again. I, I think that I, I I'm pretty confident. What happens is, is they they play one or two series and that's it.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, let's go to Cleveland and the Cincinnati Bengals. Thirty seven and a half point total. The Bengals at home, favored by seven here. Browns sitting a lot of guys. You know, I, to me, this is one of those games where. You speculate on maybe one guy like a Pierre Strong if he ends up being the starter and you get out. I'm not necessarily big on Pierre Strong, but I wonder is there anybody in this game that you like? Maybe I'm missing somebody. And is Pierre Strong in the conversation for you?
1: Uh, Not in the conversation just yet. Uh, I'm trying to look through. I don't have the only piece I have in this game is actually the Cincinnati defense uh, at 3K. So I think that uh, Cleveland's, you know, they may or may not be uh, scoring, but yeah so.
0: Okay. So no Pierre Strong then?
1: Yeah, not for me. Not for me.
0: Okay. No Pierre Strong. I think we can move on. By the way, uh, Ty Vincent, he says Mullins is starting. So uh, it certainly makes sense. And, and so that, that's why I asked Mike the question, whether it's whether it's uh, Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall, are you peddling out that stack uh, with Justin Jefferson? The answer was yes. So uh, thank you, Ty, for that one. And uh, yeah, that stack is in play for Mike McClure. Uh, you know, I haven't really... I don't know that I'm going to play that stack. I think there's other stacks I might pivot off of from some of the obvious ones. Um, but I do I do like Justin Jefferson, especially if Nick Mullins is the starter here. All right, we got to get to the next game. It's going to be Falcon Saints. But before we get there, let's hear a quick message from our partners. Okay, Falcon Saints. Uh, Falcons plus three at the Saints. This is in New Orleans, 42-point total. Uh, I, Alvin Kamara is somebody that comes to mind. I mean, he came off that ankle injury. Mike, I know you were big on him last week. It probably would have paid off, but um, unfortunately... He ended up getting injured. I don't know that they have announced whether he's out or not, but I think with that ankle sprain, it's going to be tough for him, uh, which really, to me, on the Saints side, Chris Olave, Juwan Johnson, I think those are guys that I might be interested in. Of course, Olave came off. I was big on him last week. He came off a, a pretty bad game, partly because the Saints were dominant early. I'm not going to be on any Falcons. I'm not interested in Bijan Robinson like most weeks. Uh, what do you like in this one?
1: Yeah. So I think Kamara, you know, he's not practicing. Uh, didn't practice Thursday. I, it's possible that he's in uniform, but I certainly expect him to be limited, unfortunately. So for me, I think the call out that you made is correct on John Jennings. Uh, I think that he's the, or John Johnson, excuse me, the, uh, that's probably the only place I could get to 3,600, you know, you're still speculating that we're going to see the 19 targets he's had in the last two weeks as being closer to the baseline, as opposed to the two or three targets he saw consistently for several weeks leading into that. Um, he's extremely talented. They should be throwing him the football. Uh, I still think it's somewhat highly speculative. He's also dealing with an injury himself. So, uh, something to keep in mind there. I don't think I'm getting anywhere in this game. I'm going to quickly look through when I built. Yeah, I have zero players in this game. Uh, no, I have one Shahid, one share of. Hmm. Again, when I build a bunch of lineups, it's Rashid. Rashid Shahid is in one uh, one lineup.
0: All right. Uh, we know he's a good deep play threat, so maybe a, a decent punt to consider uh, in that one. And uh, Greg goose, says, he said, he need the Saints to win so the commanders can get a QB. Yeah, a little known fact that uh, from a tiebreaker standpoint, uh, if I guess it's if the Patriots and Washington lose Washington to get the two pick, I think this is the case to get the two pick as opposed to the three. They're actually going to need the Saints to beat the Falcons because of certain uh, strength of schedule tiebreakers. So good call out, Grey Goose Hayes. If you're a Washington Commanders fan like I am and like apparently Grey Goose Hayes is, uh, we're rooting for uh, the Saints at home against the Falcons. All right. We're not rooting for much in this Jets Patriots game. Let's be honest. It's a 30 and a half point total. This reeks of Iowa, Minnesota, Big Ten football Jets plus two and a half. I mean, yeah, there are players you can consider in this game, like Ezekiel Elliott um, at 5,900. I mean, I I assume he's going to be a full go, but in terms of like playing all four quarters, but I mean, I I don't necessarily know that for a fact. I I guess he has value, but there's so much value that's opened up in the 4K range. I don't know that I'm getting to Ezekiel Elliott. And on the Jets side, I'm not playing Brees Hall. I'm not not playing any of these guys. So this feels like a Falcon Saints situation, Mike.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to get there. Um, You know, Look, the weather is nasty here, right? Uh, We'll see Mm -hmm. if it's going to be rain or snow. It's going to be right on that, uh, you know, wintry mix, I guess we could call it. Uh, But very cold, very windy overall. Uh, I'm talking 20 mile per hour sustained gusts, 35. Um, With the quarterback play here, a gust of 35 might actually blow the ball where it's supposed to go. You never know. Um, (laughs) But Yeah, I'm not uh, not interested in this game. Snow game, uh, if you want to play a defense, absolutely go for it. If I had to bet anything here, it might be the Patriots. I think they might want to send Bill out on a win. Uh, I It's definitely his last game here, um, so in my opinion. So, yeah, I think that the Patriots might try to get him a win. But, yeah, uh, as far as taking the under, I'm still not going to. I, I think it's a fine look, uh, but with such sloppy conditions and such terrible offensive play, there could be extremely short fields uh, and turnovers and, and things that – lead to points in this one. So for me, it is a complete stay away uh, in every way, whether it's DFS or betting.
0: Yeah. And James asks, uh, where do we think Belichick is going to be next year? If anywhere, I really have no idea. I'm still surprised he's not going to be with New England, but Mike, any speculation you'd like to offer in terms of where a bill might be next year?
1: I don't have I, I don't have a strong take on it i it'll be interesting to see if he goes into more of a uh, a front office role or a coaching mm-hmm. I think he still wants to coach I, I think he's after a few more things there so i I honestly don't know maybe maybe somewhere in Arizona I don't know
0: Interesting. Yeah, I I don't have a a really good answer for you. I wish I did. All right, let's go to the 425 games. Mike, this game between the Bears and the Packers is really interesting to me. This is one where we're really going to need some injury news, specifically on the Packers side. I think A.J. Dillon is still banged up, might not play in this one, but it's the receivers I'm really referring to. Like, these guys are just constantly injured. Jaden Reed's usually picking up a rib injury here or there. We don't, Christian Watson hasn't played in a while. We don't know how his hamstring or groin is doing. Dontavian Wicks is in and out of the lineup. But all of these guys, when they're in the lineup, can certainly pop. Kraft is going to be playing at 3,700. Let me ask you this, though, because on the other side of the ball, and maybe you can pull up your ownership uh, quarterback-wise because – I feel like everybody's going to be on Dak and Cd Lamb. I mean, that's the conventional play. You can get away with it from a price standpoint because there's just so much value, obviously, on this slate. And I like that stack, by the way. I'm just wondering: does Justin Fields qualify as a pivot? Whether you're stacking him or not, I just is he is he like top three quarterback ownership, or is he like in the like you know six seven range? Yeah,
1: it's a good, great question overall. Uh, I think that. I, he's about fifth or sixth. Uh, single digits okay. for sure on Justin Fields. So Dak Prescott is projecting to be the highest owned quarterback right now. I think it's going to be extremely close between him and Nick Mullins personally. Okay. Uh, I think that Nick Mullins will get steamed up a little bit. The reason for that is w- with Nick Mullins in there at 5K, just some of those lineups. Like when you want to play Dak Prescott, yes, you you want you know you know you're going to stack him with CeeDee Lamb and you're maybe looking at one of the other receivers as well. There's just so many attractive builds that you can make if you play Mullins, still get CD Lamb and maybe Ferguson if you want to or whatever it may be. And you're still going to get a ton of exposure to Dak because of how much of it's going to CD. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people are going to like the way that Stars and Scrubs build looks a little bit more. So I do expect Mullins to be the top, just barely over Dak Prescott. And and then after that, uh, I think it's all bunched between guys like Geno Smith, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts. Um, but I'm still expecting about 8 to 10% ownership ceiling on Justin Fields.
0: With that said, and I'm I'm trying to, as I'm asking you this question, I'm trying to monitor the weather. It doesn't look like there's going to be any precipitation, and it's not going to be like crazy cold. It'll be in the 30s. It's looking like in Green Bay, but how do you feel about Justin Fields as a stack on Week 18?
1: Uh, I love it. I, I like it a lot here, Sia. I think that uh, there's a lot to play for. You know, this Bears team is fascinating right now. Since... They, they were able to acquire uh, Montez Sweat from your beloved commanders. Yeah. Um, that defense, they're, they're playing more like a playoff team. That's a top 10 defense right now. Um, now they got the number one pick. There's a lot to be excited about. But if you're the Bears, the, you're using this as an opportunity to continue to evaluate Justin Fields. You have a mm-hmm. massive decision to make. I personally think they should keep them and, and continue to draft, but we'll see what they do. But they've got a massive decision to make, and they're going to showcase them and put them in those situations. So I love this spot for Justin Fields. Um, and it's a division rivalry, one that they absolutely want to spoil the Packers season. Uh, there may not be a more – it sounds crazy because there's not a lot to play for, but there may mm-hmm. not be – like the Bears might be still the most motivated team on the slate this week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen. They, like the Packers have had their number for decades. Like this makes sense. You get to spoil the Packers' uh, playoff hopes with a win, uh, and you have all the motivation behind, you know, the team kind of backing. And we we heard it from DJ Moore and others backing Justin Fields. And for the record, this this total. I mean, if you're worried about wind or cold or anything, this total is still 45. Like it's it's like again, when you're worried about stuff like that, look at the totals and look to see if anything drastic has happened to them. And, and it just hasn't happened. With the uh, in fact the juice is at at least slightly towards the over i'm looking on dk right now but it's minus 115 to the over so i think this like i like the fields the fields um dj morstack and and mike from a bringback standpoint i think aaron jones is in play for sure and i also think you could add in one of these low priced receivers assuming we get some news about like who's playing and all that but like jaden reed at 5700 dontavian wicks at 4600 if he's healthy craft at 3700 I think you could run the DJ Moore stack and run it back with maybe not one, but two guys or at least one, right?
1: Definitely. I uh, love DJ Moore. love Aaron Jones. Like It's hard to not like Aaron Jones here. I know that I've talked about how great the Bears defense has been. The volume is fantastic for Jones, though. 20-plus uh, carries in back-to-back weeks, 120 yards in each of them, putting up decent fantasy numbers without finding the end zone. I think that changes here. I think he finds the end zone. I love me some Aaron Jones here and I love the way that it fits in a game stack. The last thing I'll say about this game on the total of 45, that 45 is essentially like a total of 50 this week. Uh, There are six games on this slate that have a total of 37 and a half or below. This is one of the top games where both teams are
0: pushing on both sides. Absolutely love it. And the best part about the field stack you get a concentrated target share. Listen, these targets go to Komet and DJ Moore in large part. You know, Darnell Mooney, uh, not, not in this one. So even if he was, it's not like he commands a lot of targets. So uh, it's just, it's when you have a total like this and you have like a game that actually has some stakes on it, I just, when you're looking for the condensed target share, I mean, it's it's right here in this Bears game. So love this one. Another game that I love and that everybody loves is the Cowboys minus 13 at the Commanders. We just talked about a 45 point total. Well, this one's 47 I mean, I don't think we need to talk about the DAX CD stack. It's obviously awesome. It's obviously going to be played. I'm going to play it too. I think the question becomes, if you're stacking this game, how involved are you getting? Because you can get a little different, perhaps, by throwing in, I don't know, Brandon Cooks at 5,200. Certainly, Ferguson is going to be thrown into some lineups. I actually prefer the Cook side because of the ceiling that I can see against a commander secondary. I think you can run it back with Terry McLaurin or try to get cheap with Curtis Samuel or run it back with nobody. And then the bigger question to me is, do you fade Tony Pollard or not? Because it looks like he's picking up some ownership. So for me, Mike, and I'll kick to you in a second, it's Dak to CD plus one, like maybe Brandon Cooks, run it back with no Washington guys and fade Tony Pollard. What say you?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, great game plan on that. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a Dak Prescott lineup for sure. With CD lamb, will it be a double stack? I'm not exactly sure yet. It's possible. Um, probably would either be cooks or Ferguson, as you mentioned, zero chance. I'm running a back with anyone on Washington. It's just too difficult to yeah. uh, really project where it's going to be. And we don't need that kind of middling value like we normally would. So I would not focus on that side of it. Uh, as far as Tony Pollard, it's possible. He has a great day. It's possible. They feature him a ton and he gets in the end zone. Uh, it's also possible he puts up a fourth consecutive single digit fantasy result. Um, So, I'm not going to go invest in Tony Pollard when Aaron Jones is $200 cheaper and and in a spot where they're desperately playing. I know Dallas is technically desperately playing. I don't think the outcome of this game is really truly ever going to be in doubt for them. Um, And if it is, it won't be a situation where Tony Pollard's leaned on heavily. It'll be a situation where they've got to continue to push the football down the field to CeeDee Lamb. So, For me, it's not a uh, not a Pollard situation. I'm definitely off there, Um, but the majority of my
0: lineups will just actually have CD Lamb, and that's it. Gotcha. So no stack, just have the CD Lamb part and get out.
1: Yep, CD Lamb part and get out on four of my five. One of my five will be Dak to CD, and then unknown yet if it's going to be a double with Ferguson or double with Cooks. Um, But yeah.
0: And you, you would agree with me, you're getting way too ridiculous and cute by trying to throw in Rico Dowdle and, and get some garbage uh, fourth and third quarter points.
1: I think so, um, because there is a running back for San Francisco that we will talk about that I think yeah. a, a lot of people are going to play, uh, mm-hmm. that I think will get more runs. So I think it's getting a little cute unless you're playing, you know, like 50 plus lineups, then, then I think it's probably wise. But I tell you the scenario where I would run that is I actually might, uh, I might run it in the same lineup with Tony Pollard. And because I think that you've got to stack it with Pollard or CeeDee Lamb, one of the two. Like you've got to, the only scenario that that's happening is the scenario where Dallas is just completely rolling and they, they have the ability to remove everyone early.
0: Right. All right. Uh well listen we we got to go to our favorite stack last week was was Tyrod to Slayton and he gets a great matchup but you know there's going to be weather concerns it's Eagles and Giants but before we get there let's hear a quick message from our partners all right Mike we're back and I teased it Eagles minus four and a half at the Giants we know how deplorable this Eagles defense is I mean we just came off talking about the Washington defense we didn't talk about it much because we didn't need to right it's just a terrible yeah. defense well you can say the Eagles are about as bad here. I I love Tyrod Taylor stacks here. The problem is we do have weather to contend with and it's, you know, it's going to be cold. We might have some precipitation, might have some snow. This is one where I really kind of want to wait and see. Cause Mike, if the weather isn't terrible, I don't mind going back to Tyrod Taylor, whether it's naked because I'm I'm really interested in the rushing equity. And I think he's going to spread it around among all of his receivers and and tight end, or whether it's with Darius Slayton. I mean, this is an Eagles defense that can get exposed and we know Tyrod like this is one of his last chances in the NFL. Like he's going to want to showcase himself by a couple more years. He probably has already done that, but he wants to buy a couple more years in the NFL. I, you know, on the Eagles side, I don't know that I want to pay up for A.J. Brown, given, you know, I, I did last week, but like I kind of got burned. Goddard's interesting if Devonte Smith's going to be on at 5,100. But again, the Tyrod Slayton stack, are you going back to that or you just like other things way too much? I like other things way too much, you know. I I've always run a
1: very narrow player pool, see, so yeah, as you know. And last week it was heavy on on Slayton and, and Tyrod, right? So, I think this week it's going to all end up being the Minnesota side for me, uh, with mm-hmm. Mullins in, in a dome and a controlled environment. Um, again, we're speculating Detroit's not going to play everybody uh, the full game. I, I think it's very clear and obvious based off the spread in that game right now. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid the weather situation here because. I do think it it is a problem um, in in this one. So it's rain or snow. I will say I lean a little bit more towards the rain than the snow side of things, Uh, but it's going to be windy. Um, It's going to be early is when that wind is going to be as well. It looks like it's going to be the front half of the game, not the back half of the game. So I'm not going to be buying here like I was last week, that's for sure.
0: Let me ask you this that might end up being somewhat contrarian. Uh, Saquon Barkley at 6,900. Like, obviously, people want to pay down at running back. To the extent they pay up, they're only paying up for one person. That's my guess. I think a lot of lineups are going to have one or two low priced running backs and maybe one Rashad White type. Uh, Aaron Jones, who I would qualify as expensive on this slate, even though he's only 6,300. I I believe it's 6,300. Saquon Barkley at 6,900. I feel like you're getting some sort of different lineup constructions. You can play some of the chalk. You're getting different lineup constructions. If you have a Saquon with, let's say, an Aaron Jones or a Saquon, oh my gosh, with Rashad White, like nobody's going to do that. So any thoughts on Saquon Barkley here? Yeah, I think Saquon
1: is fine. Um, I think he's going to have the football in his hands for sure. Um, So yeah, right in in line with Aaron Jones. I I think that uh, if you want to play that, I think it's – yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the board here, basically like your spend up options. I think you've got Rashad White, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall and Saquon Barkley would be like your true spend ups this week.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think Saquon's fine. And is, is Saquon commanding kind of lower ownership? Because normally uh, when he's 6,900, everybody's going to going to play him. Right. I mean, that's a that's a low price for Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah, I've got him. Um you know, near the top, but basically those are the kind of the ownership, the 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 owner, the projected ownership right now. Let's see. No, he's about tenth in ownership right now. Um, okay, it's Jordan Mason overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. Tony Pollard, Pierre Strong, Zamir White, uh, and then Zeke. So yeah, I, he's not going to be a top five
0: or six owned running back. All right. And we're going to get to Jordan Mason in a second, but first we got to go to the Seahawks minus three at the Cardinals. This is a 48 point total. I'm, I'm double checking it as we're live right now. It's still 48. Um, that's a high total, Mike. And that's why you mentioned Geno Smith was kind of near the top when it came to quarterback ownership projections. Um, certainly an important game, particularly for the Seahawks. Uh, they need to win. And I believe they need to get some help as well, but. DK Metcalf 7200, Lockett 5600, JSN Jackson Smith and Jigba 4800. I think we have to monitor Kenneth Walker, make sure he's healthy here. If not, Zach Charbonnet becomes maybe a big piece for people. And then on the other side, like you mentioned, Kyler Murray too. It it makes sense to play Kyler Murray. Who do you want to pair him with? That's a different question. But uh, what are you doing in this game?
1: Yeah, this is uh, it's interesting because there are a number of ways this game can go. Um, it definitely can. Uh can end up shooting out. Uh, You know, on CBS Sports HQ last night, I actually gave a play on this to be the highest scoring game of the entire week. Uh, Obviously, you have Miami Buffalo. I like the under in that game. But this game, you can bet this at plus 500 to be the highest scoring game. It's a dome indoors. We've seen Arizona been able to push. Um, Having said all that, I think it's harder for me to get here a little bit in DFS. Geno Smith, not exactly the guy I want to be jumping on board with when it comes with some ownership uh it's obvious why the ownership is there they've got to win um i've got a little jsn in the player pool at 4800 but mostly gonna be off of this game the one thing you could talk me into would be kyler murray naked no stack yeah on him uh in his late game heroics and hoping that you know, because I don't need the extra $1,300 between him and say a guy like Nick Mullins, say we get 20 out of Nick Mullins and Kyler's somehow able to get me 28. Um, That's the scenario that I I think is live to to play out. So for me here, it's probably nothing, but if I do play something, it'll be Kyler without any stack.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that too, because I I don't know that I want to play Kyler with, let's say Trey McBride at 6,000. And You know, Dorch is 4,600, you know, gone are the days where Dorch was in like the mid three K range with, with Rondale Moore. And it made it so much easier to play them. Michael Wilson, he flashed a little bit last week, but at 4,400, he's been so inconsistent. I mean, if anything, Mike, what about a a Kyler to, to James Conner stack? And you just, you just hope they put up 35 points or whatever, 30 something. And it all goes to, you know, basically those two guys effectively. Yeah, no, I think it's fine. It's something
1: we usually kind of reserve a little more for showdown slates where you're essentially betting on all the uh, offensive scoring there, having at least exposure to it. I think it's fine in this case. I think Connor at 6,100, I think is a, right in that Aaron Jones range. Uh, it was encouraging to see him all of a sudden against Philly last week rack up all the carries. Uh, mm-hmm. He had 26 carries against Philly, which was the same number he combined for against San Francisco and uh, Chicago. So – you know, some of it is game script dependent for sure. But if they're willing at this point in the season to to load them with 26 touches, then yeah, fire away.
0: Yeah, I might experiment with this one, maybe in the afternoon slate. I'll play a couple of those uh, with maybe Kyler and Connor and maybe it, what's your favorite run back option? If if I'm stacking Kyler, playing him naked, what, it, would you pay 7,200 for DK? Would you, would you really pay for Well, first of all, if Zach Charbonnet is the starting quarter uh, running back, do you play him, first of all?
1: Uh, probably Uh, let's see I need to see his price point 5k yeah he he would definitely he would definitely be in there probably ends up turning into a situation where you end up playing three running backs at that point where you've got Mason Jones and him or Mason whoever you like and Charbonnet in that flex Um, is likely where you would end up going if he becomes you know
0: someone that's going to be played and is there, is there any chance you're playing any DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or JSN?
1: You know, I think it's fine to get there on Metcalf again. You, you look at the board and you're like, you have to actually almost scroll to get to his name on DraftKings pricing. But I think you could safely eliminate AJ Brown, Amano St. Brown, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Amari Cooper, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, like Jamar Chase. You can eliminate all those guys from the player pool. So he actually mm-hmm. becomes, DK's like the second most expensive receiver on the slate now. Um, Yeah. I don't mind it. I I really, there are scenarios. I mean, I say second most, obviously CD lamb, Justin Jefferson, we're not counting those two. You're playing those two most likely. So after that, it's like, yeah, I could, uh, I could see getting there. And I actually think there's a scenario where you can build a lineup with CD lamb, Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you could probably run Kyler naked and, and uh, instead of, Instead of uh, correlating him with one of his pass catchers, DK Metcalf is effectively the, the pass catcher for him. So that's your correlation in that game. Uh, let's go to Rams at 49 as We keep mentioning Jordan Mason's name. He's 4,600, and it looks like, I don't know that we have confirmation that Elijah Mitchell's out, but that's what it's really trending like, that Jordan Mason is going to get the bulk of the, of the carries against the Rams team that is really sitting a lot of guys. And for the record, on the Rams side, it probably is going to be Ronnie Rivers getting the bulk of the carries, who, I, in my opinion, is not a terrible running back. Uh, I don't know that I'm really targeting any pass catchers on either side, but t- talk to me about Jordan Mason and his, does Ronnie rivers maybe make it in the conversation as what might end up being like a pivot off of some of these, a cheap pivot off of some of these cheaper running backs that people really want to play.
1: Yeah, I think it's totally fine to uh, include a guy like Rivers there. He runs hard. I, I don't mind it at all. Um, the question is who else gets touches there. I don't know that it's a scenario where they just feed one guy, but maybe it is. Um, as far as Mason, you know, he's flashed some upside at times. You know, before they acquired Christian McCaffrey, we kind of thought that he he could be a guy at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you looking at the, uh, the the depth chart here, I, I think that it's all him. And we know that at least to start the game, a decent amount of the starters will still be out there. So, yeah, I think Mason is going to be the most popular player on the entire slate, but probably a free square. So someone I, I'm certainly playing.
0: All right. Uh, certainly a cash game lock, right?
1: Yes. Uh, and then I see a question on why, why ex- someone asked why I'm excluding all of those receivers, uh, quickly on a St. Brown. I don't think Detroit's playing their starters more than two series. AJ Brown. Uh, I think the Eagles run the football a ton. The weather's terrible. And the price point Cooper cup, Puka Nakua not playing. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, Nakua could end up playing, I, I guess, but Cup's been ruled out. There's nothing to play for there. Debo. They're not going to get him hurt. He's had a long history of injuries. Um, this is the same thing on San Francisco. When you look at Shanahan, he's been quoted about talking about his father's team, Mike Shanahan, where they firmly believed that they would have a third Super Bowl had they not rested everybody the week before their bye week. So I personally think it's identical to Detroit and Dan Campbell, where they're going to have gone out there, they're going to play two series, uh, and, and that's about it.
0: Yeah, I like what you said about sort of the process, like making sure these players uh, stay in their routine because once you get off your routine things start slipping and then you get into that next week and, and things aren't as uh things aren't clicking at hundred percent like they were maybe weeks prior. So I, I love what you said about that. The Dan Campbell, what sounds like noise in terms of the starters, it actually makes sense now. Even if even if his some of his players understand what he's really doing, it still ha- it keeps them locked in. So I absolutely love that. Uh who's not going to be locked in? Really anybody in this Chiefs Chargers game, Mike? This is one of those where we can like probably pass right on by it's Blaine Gabbert. It's Easton stick. I'm not playing anybody on the charger side. Uh, I just, I don't even think I need to go through the names uh, on the Kansas city side, you know, Keontae Ingram, LaMichael P Ryan. It's a no, like I, I just a 35 and a half point total. Uh, I see nothing in this game that that is, is worthy of talking about. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: Uh, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, you know, Blaine Gabbert, you know, he gets to work in what used to be at least uh, a, a great system. Right. And if he were like, say, we had the scenario of regular season, Patrick Mahomes goes down with an injury, Blaine Gabbert steps in, and the rest of the offense is there. He's certainly viable on a DFS slate. Um, that's not the case here, though. So, no,
0: I, I'm completely off this game. All right. Yeah, let's move on then. Broncos plus three at the Raiders. I would say there's a couple of interesting players here. I don't think I'm getting to them personally. But Zamir White, uh, you know, people might be interested in because he's the starting running back. He's 6,000, so it's not like he's super cheap. Uh, which is part of the reason I'm not going to be on him. Uh, Devonte Adams at 70, and by the way, he's not super dynamic either. So, like, let's just be very clear about that. That doesn't mean he can't pile up 100 yards and get in in the end zone, but he's just not that guy that's got the game breaking speed that's going to make a house call like like a Jonathan Taylor type or uh, even Travis Etienne, uh, whoever. Uh, Devonte Adams 7900. Um, I think that's interesting. I think I'm also not getting there with Aiden O'Connell at the quarterback. Uh, especially with Denver's secondary. I don't know who's playing in Denver's secondary, but I imagine they're peddling out, you know, m- most of their good guys, particularly on defense. So this is a no play for me as well, Mike.
1: Yeah, this is tough. I'm debating what I'm doing with uh, Devonte. So, you know, there's, if he's going to get close to 21 targets again, with Aiden yeah. O'Connell, 21 targets is the same as having 15 targets, essentially when you account for efficiency, mm-hmm. 15 targets is still a lot. Um it's still still a lot. So I can't say that he's not completely viable. I think it's fine. I think there are scenario there's there's one scenario that's terrifying for me, but I don't think it happens. This that scenario would be the Cowboys just have a defensive touchdown to start the game. Tony Pollard crushes early and, and CeeDee Lamb ends this game with five catches, 50 yards, no touchdown, and they just they don't have to play him in the second half. I think that's unlikely because of how good CD is and how often they want to go to
0: him. Um, I'm not removing
1: Devontae from my player pool, though.
0: Yeah, I actually agree with you now that I think about it. I I think it does make sense to at least keep Devontae Adams uh, in some lineups. On the other side, though, I mean, I I feel like we do have to wait for some news. I'm not breaking any news, but... I don't know why you necessarily play, especially with Javante Williams' injury history, why you play him and why you don't showcase like a Jaleel McLaughlin. If I start hearing that Jaleel McLaughlin's going to be uh, featured potentially, uh, especially like, again, Samaje Piran, probably not going to be featured, right? He's an older, more proven back. McLaughlin's like the, the the quickest guy in this backfield right now. Javante's really been plotting. And I think at 4,400, he could be a nice pivot off of some of the, the low 4K. And I'm not even talking about Jordan Mason necessarily. I'm talking about guys like Pierre Strong, those other 4K guys that we've, we've talked about, um, again, stay tied into the news. Cause I haven't heard a single thing about McLaughlin, but it just makes sense to me that Denver could, could trot him out and he could potentially have a, a big game. Any, any thoughts there before we get to your top three at each position?
1: You are dead on Sia. Um, he is actually expected to have an increased workload. That was a direct quote, um, a local reporter in Denver, but, uh, from being around the team, yeah, he is expected to have that increased workload, um, the thing that's most exciting to me is he's actually very capable out of backfield catching passes. So um, that's been a role that's kind of been more reserved for, you know, we've seen him at times, but also reserved for P. Piran a little bit. I, I think it's a good time to buy in on him here. So I'm glad you called it out. I've added him to my player pool just now. Uh, at 4,400, he is he's viable. I think he touches the football 12 times minimum.
0: Yeah, Mile High Luke says uh, he, he heard an insider say that Jaleel's not going to have uh, much more of a workload. But again, I think we need to really stay tied into that news because uh, if one beat reporter is saying one thing and another is saying another thing, then I think that it it requires maybe further review. So again, this the only reason I've even speculated about it is because I truly don't understand why you would put Javante Williams out there because yeah. um, this is a meaningless game, right? They've already missed it. They're, they're not in the playoffs at this point. Like this has no implications right or is there still like a two percent chance like a thousand things happen
1: there is i believe i'm trying man i had it on them i think there's in some one insane scenario but no they are, uh,
0: they're they're completely eliminated now yeah. okay so they're yeah so again javante williams with his injury history i just like to me at a certain point, it becomes like a little malpractice to 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 trot somebody out in a meaningless game in week 18. But uh, that's just me. So maybe we'll see more. Maybe it's a nice pivot. Maybe it isn't. But that this is a guy that can make a house call, in my opinion. Uh, lateral quickness speed. I think he has it all. So, all right, Mike, let's get to, we're going to get to our cheat sheets. We're going to get to your top three right now. Real quick. We're going to spend two minutes at the end of the show. Just talking about the Saturday slate a little bit. I know we covered that on the Tuesday show with, with Meg shop, but I'm curious if uh, Mike has an angle, a stack, uh, some, maybe a contrarian, uh, lineup construction that might be interesting. By the way, that contest is live too. I just tweeted both contests out. Uh, I think they're in the um, chat descriptions, too. We have a Saturday, only a 100-person contest, so you got to get in that quick, and a 150-person Sunday contest. All right, Mike, your top three at each position. Quarterback, number
1: one, Nick Mullins for me. Um, Love the Vikings in the spot. Again, we continue to speculate, but do not expect a full game from the Detroit Lions. Number two, Justin Fields. I don't know that there are many teams that have more motivation and more personal motivation uh, individually for him in this particular matchup. So I love Justin Fields here. And then Dak Prescott, Uh, Dallas still wants to win this game. It's an incredibly good matchup. He's going to throw to CeeDee Lamb. So that's where I'm at there. Running back, number one, Jordan Mason. Uh, It's all cleared out there. At least the first few series of the game should be a relatively normal offense, uh, just with him replacing a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Aaron Jones for me. I really like the volume. Packers want to win this game. It's going to be competitive. You've got natural stacks uh, with Justin Fields. Number three, I've listed Zamir White for now. Um, Normally not a guy I'd be buying on at this price point. However, I do think it's a scenario where he just gets all the touches in the backfield here.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I'm interested in Zamir White. Hey, real quick, because I I know in wide receiver, you're going to start with uh, two guys that are like high-profile guys. I don't want to spoil it, but from a cash game standpoint, is it Dak over everybody?
1: I actually lean Mullins and Cassia. Um, okay. Gotcha. Personally. Um, so here's, here's why mm-hmm. there for me with Dak, there is absolutely a scenario where Dallas scores defensive touchdown early. Tony Pollard gets the rushing touchdown against a really poor defense. Like that to yeah. me is very much in play um, on the Mullins side. I'm not seeing rushing touchdowns necessarily from the Vikings. I'm seeing a game where even against backups, they're struggling, but he's going to be out there slinging the football um, as they, again, continue, want to continue to evaluate. So I, I'm i going to be on Mullins and Cash because it allows you to play all three of the wide receivers I'm going to give you here in a minute nice. uh, as my top three.
0: Those yeah, would
1: be CeeDee Lamb, which, again, I think that gives me a ton of exposure to Dak. If Dak has a great day, the scenarios where Dak has the day – that I'm just toast without him, CeeDee Lamb's involved, almost definitely. Like, CeeDee Lamb is involved. So, for me, it's CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and DJ Moore. And, yes, you can play all three of those players in the same lineup without sacrificing really anything this week, uh, which is just phenomenal. So, I'm playing CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and DJ
0: Moore in the same That's because you're playing him with Nick Mullins, but also you're throwing in and I'm talking from a cash game perspective. You can do this in tournaments, too, to some degree. Uh, But if you were playing a cash game, you'd you'd agree with me that maybe those three receivers, Jordan Mason, Nick Mullins, that's a good way to start. Yeah, I think so. I think that the more popular build will be
1: the two of them. So it'll be Mullins, Mason, Lamb and Jefferson and then kind Mm -hmm. of a more balanced build the rest of the way out. Uh, but I will read you my lineup without giving you the flex and defense, and you can figure out where you want to go there. But this is an actual playable lineup. Nick Mullins, Jordan Mason, Aaron Jones, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, and then the double stack for Mullins with the tight end, Johnny Munt, the punt, of mm-hmm. 3K. Love it. What, what was Munt's price again? Uh, 3K. Flat $3,
0: three flat. Okay. Gotcha.
1: All right. Now you're keeping talking in mind hands- a guy like Christian Kirk, may be extremely more viable at that price point. So continue to, to monitor that throughout the weekend.
0: Absolutely. Good point on that.
1: Um, tight end. So I'm going to list Johnny Munt, the guy we just talked about. Uh, and then Jake Ferguson with Dak Prescott, another way to get exposure to Dak. If I'm not playing Dak, that, that's something I would highly recommend. And then Tucker Kraft. Uh, I see no love for love as a comment here. I do have some love for Jordan Love. He's going to move the football effectively enough to get Aaron Jones in the end zone. And he's going to throw passes to Tucker Craft. So Tucker Craft is my tight end. Again, Johnny Munt, Evan Ingram, I mean, excuse me, Johnny Munt, Jake Ferguson, and Tucker Craft, three tight ends.
0: All right. And uh, you mentioned Evan Ingram. He's probably on the outside looking in, maybe your fourth favorite tight end. Yes. Yeah, he
1: is right there um, as the fourth option.
0: All right, let's get to my cheat sheet. Uh, by the way, sites, uh, good question, uh, the no love for love. I, I don't really have much love for him either. I think if his receiver core was entirely healthy and I had more answers, I, I might have love for him. But uh, the long and short of it is this Bears defense is is kind of legit, so it's not necessarily a great matchup, even though we've got some points in that game, not necessarily a great matchup for love, which is why I like the Justin Fields side of it more. Again, everybody, thank you for always being in this chat. My cheat sheet, I'm going chalk here. Uh, Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb. Uh, pretty expensive, very affordable. Partly because my value play is Jordan Mason at 4600. Chalk play, I do like Rashad White at 7600. I think he's going to get a ton of volume, and against Carolina, you could really have a ceiling game there. My contrarian play, I put down Darius Slayton at 4000. Again, I have to monitor the weather conditions here, but if we're looking at a similar, uh, if we're looking at decent weather against this Eagles secondary, I, I don't mind going right back to Slayton and hoping he catches one or two. Uh, long bombs. Again, that one is subject to change. Uh, And my fade is going to be Tony Pollard. Like I'm going to get involved in this Dallas game, but it's not going to be Tony Pollard centric. So especially since he's picking up some popularity, uh, I'm happy to fade in there. Mike, your cheat sheet.
1: Nick Mullins to Justin Jefferson will be my stack here. Uh, Value play. I'm right there with you. It's Jordan Mason. As of right now, it's the free square of the week. I will take the free square uh, and and sort of build around that. So I'm not going to overthink that one. The chalk play, right back to where your stack is. CD Lamb, he's going to be popular for a good reason. Uh, you're essentially locking in a floor of about 20 fantasy points, in my opinion. So I, I love uh, love CD Lamb here. My contrarian play is going to be DJ Moore, and it might you might think why DJ Moore is not contrarian. DJ Moore is going to be contrarian on this slate, uh, and the reason for that is because of those builds we're talking about. Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, they're going to be really popular. And while you can get DJ Moore in that same lineup, for the average person, it probably feels like you're sacrificing a lot to do so. Um, so I don't think that that's going to be very popular on him. He's coming in with an ankle injury on the on the Q tag. There's other receivers that you could want to target. Um, so I don't think DJ Moore is going to be very popular. I've got him at single-digit ownership, and I certainly think that's where he comes in. And then my fade, Zeke Elliott. Uh look, he's got the uh he, he's got some of those people wanting to play him. He's gonna have all the touches. It's just an ugly, ugly game. I, I don't want any part of it.
0: All right. Now let's move on to Saturday. We've got a two game slate. So real quick, Mike, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people want to go to CJ Stroud at 7,300. We know he has a couple of receivers out. Noah Brown is out for this game. So it's, it's really like maybe some Dalton Schultz, maybe Robert Woods, if he's healthy. And of course, Nico Collins, Uh, you know, I'm starting to think maybe there's another way to play this slate without CJ Stroud at the quarterback position, but are you going the CJ Stroud route and is there any sort of Intel you can drop maybe from a lineup construction or maybe some sleepers or what have you uh, that, that you could impart on everybody?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, an interesting question here. I think the the answer is definitely one of the two quarterbacks in that game, right? It's, yeah. I think Minshew is viable at 5,900 while he's not someone I always love. Um, he, he's going to swing the football around. So, you know, I, I'm playing a ton of, uh, Nico Collins, I'm probably going to play a lot of Devin Singletary as well. I think he actually has some paths to having a pretty nice game here. Um, but it, it's heavy, heavy on the on that game. Like I'm talking most lineup builds here when you run them, you, you've got one person out of there in the other game. And it's usually a defense, um, uh, whether it's the Steelers or Ravens defense, but the majority of lineups here will be heavy uh Heavy this game with just one single play to satisfy the the requirement of having someone from both games.
0: Is there? Uh, by the way, I want to address a, a, a Greg Goose says Greg Goose Hayes says I'm seeing DJ at twenty three percent. I'm definitely not seeing that. I'm actually right now seeing him sub ten yeah. percent. Um, so again, some of these ownership projections they're different at a lot of different places. I'm not saying the ones you're. I'm not trying to bash the ones you're looking at, but. Uh, i'd genuinely be shocked uh considering how this slate is lining up if dj was 23 but i don't think we're going to see that once we uh once we see kickoff um mike is there any punt plays in that game because if you're trying to get a lot of pieces of that game and that makes sense because it's got a much higher total than the pittsburgh game there's going to be there's issues on the baltimore side uh in terms of like who's actually playing and you know maybe people will gra- want to grab like a Najee harris or george pickens and, and then move along but because some of these players are expensive, like your Pittmans, your C.J. Strouds, your Nico Collins, is there a punt play that's like maybe showing up in your lineups, whether it be like an Alec Pierce or, you know, maybe a Robert Woods or maybe a Xavier, Xavier Hutchinson, like one of these like third tier receivers, John Mechie, who's showing up?
1: Yes. Um, Woods is showing up a touch, questionable to CAG. Uh, it's really Kyle Grantson, the tight end, uh, mm-hmm. 2,900. So it's definitely a double tight end week for me uh, on this two game slate. So I'll read you a sample lineup, not going to give you the whole thing, but you'll, you'll definitely be able to build it out and figure it out. Uh, CJ Stroud, Devin Singletary, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Nico Collins, Kyle Granson, Dalton Schultz. I didn't give you a wide receiver and a defense, um, but that is by far the best way to attack this game, in my opinion. Uh, You're you able to pay up for Stroud. You get both of the stud running backs. You get the two stud receivers and Pittman and Collins. You get both tight ends. Um, Yeah, that's it's going to be relatively popular overall, but that's definitely doable and something I would recommend. Now, if you want to switch it up a bit and play Minshew instead of Stroud, it gives you a lot more for that uh, third wide receiver that you're going to play. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I can't envision the scenario, at least with your first primary team where you don't have. Probably all four, but at least three of the four when it comes to Taylor, Singletary, Pittman, and Collins.
0: And everybody, don't forget what I showed you with our lineup review on Tuesday at the end of the show. Um, I was able to cash with a very average lineup last week, Mike. With uh, It was really truly maybe even below average, but I was able to cash because it was only a contest of 681 people. They paid out 181, so it was like near 20. It was around the 25% range. The long and short of it is everybody, when you're playing this two-game Saturday slate, feel free to enter some of these big contests but some of the some of the lineups that Mike was just talking about that maybe are, are going to be somewhat popular, and you're playing like two v two or you know one v what not one v one but three v three because there's not much differentiation in those smaller contests. You know maybe that lineup isn't there, and maybe you can you know cash or take down uh, a smaller tournament too. So make sure you vary sure. it up a little bit. Mike, uh, any final thoughts? That that's our we just went through 13 games. We went through two extra games on Saturday, of course, and we went through our cheat sheets, our top three at each position. Final thoughts on week 18.
1: Yeah, just pay attention to the news. Uh, I think we're going to have news that breaks still, uh, you know, throughout the weekend. We'll obviously keep you updated over on Sportsline and the DFS articles. See yeah, you, obviously, on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to, you know, if you have something you like in one of those games, like I saw some speculation on uh, Gabbert to Justin Ross, like, trust yourself. Like, if you like that and you've got some information it can pay off for you in a big, big way. And you're not really getting all that different everywhere else in your lineup because you're still able to pay up for CD lamb, Justin Jefferson. Like, yeah, I think that there are certainly scenarios where any of those punt QBs can uh, outscore a guy like Nick Mullins. Still,
0: Yeah. I mean, some of this information over the next couple of days is going to be actionable. Some is not going to be actionable. It's kind of up to you to decide, you know, which, which of it is, is something that is real and which of it is just gonna you know, kind of coach talk and this is week 18. It almost feels like preseason, like a like week three of the preseason, or I should say week two now, where it's like yeah, you kind of think you know what's going on, but you don't really know what's going on. But that's why we like to target some of these games where obviously the stakes are high or we kind of know they're incentivized to play, not because of actual incentives, but because of the playoff implications. Uh, in Justin Fields' case, the staying on the Bears implications like there's a lot of implications to a lot of these games to a lot of these teams all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining joining us this has been fantasy football today DFS we'll see you on Tuesday we have a regular playoff schedule so stay tuned for that good luck in week 18 let's cash some attorneys and let's post them on Twitter and celebrate them together we'll see you next time on fantasy football today DFS